Hi, neighbors. Welcome to another episode of the Praise and Broship podcast, where two deconstructed best friends deconstruct praise and worship music, as well as other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians, we'll do our best to bring unique, lighthearted, and insightful conversations to your ear holes every week. My name's CJ, and I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Luke, and we're coming at you from Louisiana and Florida, respectively. What's up, Luke? Hi. So before we get to the music, (laughs) man, let's check in with each other in our first segment called How's Your Walk? How's your walk, dude? Well, uh, I didn't know if you wanted to bring this up or not, but today was the release of our first episode. Hooray! Yes, I was going to bring it up if you didn't bring it up. But yes, if you were listening to this in space and time, it's probably been a few weeks, but we did start releasing episodes and we're very excited and hopefully, you know, we get a lot of great listeners, a lot of great feedback and we're just uh, really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, so uh, aside from the podcast, I I guess the biggest thing for me this past these past few days is I'm trying to apply to take some college classes again. I'm going to take some art classes hopefully. Oh, cool. Um, I really wanted to take an advanced ceramics class, but there's none available next semester, so I'm trying to get into uh, a drawing and composition class because mm-hmm. drawing seems to be the prerequisite for almost every other art class so and mm. it's something that I, I i i want to get better at so that while i'm decorating my my pottery it has I, it has decoration <laughs> the decoration part for me is actually one of the hardest parts because i just I don't know what i want to put on there it's I mean you know a, a bowl or a mug is basically a just like a blank canvas and yeah I never really know what to do there, so a drawing and composition class, I think, would help me, even though drawing isn't the the media, the medium that I want to use primarily. But who knows? We'll we'll see what hmm. happens. I've, I've drawn some stuff in the past and done okay, but I'm more. I, I really like the three D visual arts, sculpting, right. pottery. Mm-hmm. You know. And Brittany listened to the episode and she liked it. Oh, cool. Uh, I, w- I was surprised. I sent it to her just to say, like, hey, it's posted, but she actually listened to it. I wasn't necessarily expecting her to, but she liked it. She thought it was entertaining and fun. And, and awesome. she can s- she can see where this is going. And, you know, obviously we'll get more comfortable as we do this. But, yeah, she's she's trust me. She's my wife, but she does not hold punches. <laughs> no, I was going to say after you finish talking, like if she says like. This is good. I can see where it's going. You got a good idea here. Then it's probably true because she yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't hold she, back. If she didn't like it, she would definitely tell me. And that's <laughs> that I really appreciate that because yeah. If I were to ask a friend, they'd be like, "Oh, it's good." Oh yeah. You know, yeah. they would mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, the whole so. I'm playing a gig and I take a break and I ask friends or whatever how how it was so far and they they all say, "Oh, it's good." It's, it's like, yeah. I don't believe the, the you. The tone, man. That tone. I don't believe you. So um, I, I think I had more to talk about, but it's not coming up now. So it's not obviously not that relevant. So CJ, uh, how are you doing, man? I've been all right. You know, typical work life balance. Um, we're still trying to sell our house. And let me tell you, I thought buying a house was stressful, but man, 
selling a house is just really, really stressful. It, it kind of wears on you. The market's yeah. kind of taken a weird turn right after we listed the house. Of course, it went from just a white hot market to just kind of starting to to settle down and stagnate. So uh, it's it's stressful. There's a lot of unknowns and that can always be an uncomfortable situation, but we're trying to stay positive, trying to trying to look for the best in things and, and understand that the bumps and along the way and the detours along the way are things that we can learn from and, and grow stronger because of. But other than that, nothing's nothing's really going on, man. We're we're just work and hang out with the kiddo, hang out with each other. I had quite an experience on Sunday, which was Father's Day, but oh, we're yeah. not going to talk Day. about that. Thank you. We're not going to yeah. talk about that experience on the air. We might record it, record the conversation and use it for a future time. But I had a great Father's Day and just very happy and blessed to be where I am with who I am. So, yeah, that's that's my walk right now, dude. Well, that's really good to hear, man. I, I wish you luck on selling the house. I It was stressful buying a house, but I have not ever had to sell a house before, so I sincerely wish you luck on that. So now, our next segment is our praise and worship song. Praise and worship song of the praise week. and worship <laughs> praise Sean, Sean uh, Connery over here. Um, and this week is CJ's turn to pick a praise and worship slash Christian song. So CJ, what song did you pick for us today? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell the story about this song after we oh, listen to it. This is going to be a good one. But this song is is something something, something. else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. I will. I will tell you plenty of of backstory on it after we listen to it. But this is a song from Hillsong Worship. Oh goodness. Jesus, lover of my soul. Uh, I am somewhat familiar with Hillsongs because they are the worldwide <laughs> standard yeah, yeah. for praise mm-hmm. and worship songs. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and most non-denominational non-denominational churches pr- primarily play their songs because that seems to be their mo. And I'm imagining this song will sound like all of their other songs. So, uh, what oh was the name of the song again? Jesus, lover of my soul. Oh yeah. Oh, I think I remember this. Okay, so here's the deal, folks. You've probably noticed that. Our intros to the song segments have run a little bit differently. So we're on Spotify. If you are a Spotify free user, in just a second, you're going to hear a 30 second song clip. Premium users, though, are going to hear the song in its entirety as once we kick it to the song. If you want to hear the whole song for the uh, Spotify free users out there, we do have links to the videos the music videos in the show notes. So you can go and click that, or you can just listen to the clip and uh, kind of get an idea. Trust me, this song, it doesn't take much to listen to, <laughs> to figure out what the song yeah. is about. And in that vein, if you don't want to listen to the whole song, use that 15 second skip. Yeah. Times. You could definitely Probably skip. more than a few times. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to listen to the song. You guys do the same. 
We'll meet you back here in a few minutes. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You just listened to Jesus, Lover of My Soul from Hillsong. Luke, what's what's going through your head right now, bro? Speak to me. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I was about to say no disrespect, but that's probably one of the most disrespectful things you could do in response to a piece of quote art. Yeah, yeah, it's just, and and I say that I used to sing this very sincerely. My, I mean, this song never came on without my hands in the air. Because I wanted to make sure everyone knew I was a good Christian, so I raised my hands during the praise and worship songs. So, uh, yeah, that's my initial thought. (laughs) And I do think that uh, if you were to cut out the intro, our uh, non-premium listeners would have heard 30 seconds of it, and they would have pretty much heard the whole song. Right, that's why I said before we we cut to the music that thirty seconds was yeah. probably plenty. Yeah, they get, missed the key change. They missed the key change in the dropout, but they potentially maybe the song clip was during the key change. Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure how uh, how Spotify does it for no. everyone, but so so that, let's let's get to it. The, the the shortness of the potential clip leads us into. What's the word? Um, I just want to say it at the same time, man. I was trying. I it sounded like you were mocking me. I don't know. Uh, two birds, you know. <laughs> uh, so I think okay. I'm kind of conflicted because it it might be mm-hmm. more words than I'm thinking. But I also mm-hmm. think it could have beaten our record for the least amount of words so far. What What is that number at? I believe it's 30. Really? Yeah. I, hmm. Because... I was thinking it was 38. The the Open the Eyes of My Heart was... Number. Open the Eyes of My Heart was... Thir- I think it was 33. And then huh. the David Crowder uh, Do Not Move, I think, was 30. Or David Crowder Do, Do Not Move is 33 and the other one's 36. No, I think it's 33 yeah, and 30. They're, they're, they were both in the 30s for sure. Yeah, I just... I can't remember exact but, numbers. Okay, so this song... Uh... Hmm, man, I'm over. I always overthink this, and I don't know why I stress about this more than I stress about. Yeah, and then you like taxes. get mad at me for uh, for thinking too long. So I'm going to say, my gut instinct was no, it's that's too high. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna go with my gut instinct. Thirty six. <sighs> too high. Well, how are you? How are you so good at this? I don't know. <laughs> What is it? 37. Ah! One off. Dude, how? <laughs> I don't how know. did you Well, uh, now that we have a few songs under our belts, I guess it's a little bit easier to 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 when the lyrics are on the screen, it's like, you know, especially this song where it's just one verse, one chorus and it just repeats, you know, 10 times or whatever. So, once you take out those repeating words, it's it's over. Yeah, 37 words, non-repeating words. Wow. Um I think I can't remember. I almost I was I was torn between 29 and 36, but 
I my gut instinct. I, that's that's and, what I went with. And see, honestly, when I was doing the word count, when I was getting ready to do it, I kind of put in my own guess, and it was like twenty eight because I thought huh. I, I was like, "There's no way there's thirty words in this song." Yeah, but that's thirty seven words. So, wow. Yeah, I thought you were trying to beat me for the lowest word count with this song, but then I just for some, some for some reason I was like, well, that's just, a, it's no. a tiny bit higher. That's actually that's actually a really good uh, segue into why I chose this song. It was not to <laughs> beat you for the lowest word count. That will happen eventually. I'm sure we'll trade off a few times. So I have a, a couple of personal stories, and the first story might seem unrelated, and it kind of is, but you'll see. So when I was a freshman in high school, there was a cover band that was playing at our high school. It was a group of upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, really actually a great cover band. A couple of the guys are still uh, active musicians in the area. And they were playing in the quad at the school, at the high school. And I guess it was for homecoming or maybe it was the end of the year or something like that. It, It was some special occasion. And in the middle of one of their songs, the lead singer just stopped singing and they kept playing. When the song was over, one of the guys got on the microphone and said, hey, our singer's voice went out. Would someone be interested in singing this next song? It's Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. And (laughs) my friends from behind me, three or four of them, pushed me in the back like to the front of the thing where I literally stumbled out in front of the band, like in the little bubble around the band and people started cheering. Everyone knew I was a huge Nirvana fan. Long story short there, I sang the song. I'm not really sure how well it went Jesus because I was my soul. mortified. You sang Jesus no. lover of my soul. <laughs> oh no. no. You sang. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. <laughs> I sang smells like teen spirit. And um, that was kind of the beginning of me wanting to be a performer up to that point. I mean, I had been playing guitar for a couple of years up to that point, but I had never uh, really wanted to do it outside of like my bedroom with my door closed, playing very softly where my mom (laughs) couldn't hear it. Talking about masturbation, Um, right? (laughs) Yeah, actually, that's what I was talking (laughs) about there. So flash forward a couple of years to my junior year of high school. I have a few other musician friends. We all go to church. We all skateboard together and hang out and watch wrestling and all that stuff that you did back then. And <laughs> watch wrestling is so specific. I did it too. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, a couple of the guys were like, hey, we should start a band. And I said, cool. And they said, let's do a praise and worship band. So this song, Jesus Lover of My Soul, was the first praise and worship song that I ever learned from start to finish. It was the first praise and worship song that I ever performed in front of an audience, a congregation. It was a Sunday evening service. And so as much as we're about to rip this song apart, and I fully intend to, and I I can't wait, this song is really important to me. I I mean, honestly, I owe it all to (laughs) Nirvana and Hillsong, right? It's uh, that... (laughs) That's that's just title. the fact of the matter, because <laughs> because this song 
showed me that I can put myself out there, that I can be a decent musician. Cause I, I mean, at the time I was not very good, but I was, it was passable. I mean, you don't have to and be it gave to me, play Hill songs. Well, it, it gave me the confidence to yeah. want to put myself out there. And, and I know some people listening might think, well, but you're praising God. It shouldn't be about your self and your image. It should be about the, the, the worship aspect. And, and that's, well taken and i agree but i don't i look at it this way well i look at it this way you are singing songs to the god of everything that we know shouldn't you want to be the best at it and not just be passable yeah. at it so so this memory of me performing this song for the first time it and and many times uh, after that uh, obviously but just that first uh, initial occurrence. It's so important to me because that was when I got the, the confidence to say, I don't want to just do this. I want to be as good as I possibly can be at this, uh, which I think is so important. And something that we often forget with praise and worship music is, you know, there's a lot of polished music out there, like the Chris Tomlin song that we listened to uh, yeah. a few weeks back. It, it, the production quality on that was just bar none. But in, in the lyricism in that particular song was actually pretty good. But a lot of times you, there there's a sacrifice. There's sacrifice one thing for another. Yeah. And you should want to to if you're if you're writing and performing songs for the God of the universe, you should want to sing like you're and perform and write like you're doing those things for the God of the universe. Well, isn't that the uh, idea of worship just... in general? You know, like what you like the, the ultimate currency that humans have is time. So if you're spending time to get good at something to glorify, whether it's yourself, God, or the, the art itself. Right. Yeah. That, that yeah. is, that is worship. Mm hmm. Yeah, you should um, you should always strive to to be the best at at your craft. It doesn't matter what you're doing your craft for or who you're doing it for. For what purpose? You should try to be the best at it. it it's it, from anything from your vocation, whether you're a plumber to a musician, an actor. Right? They're, these people should be giving a hundred percent because if they don't. It could have there could be bad results if you have someone that doesn't really care about this project that they're working on. Well, um, you're probably not going to get a good return on it. Yeah. But but and that's that wasn't even really the point. I just wanted to clear up like was I doing that for myself? No, but it did give me the 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 confidence and the good the good mojo to 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 really put myself out there and realize that I can do this and and do it well. So, yeah, I, I owe everything to to those two bands. <laughs> I know it sounds funny. And I would have probably become a, a musician and and done the things that I've done eventually. But who knows how much longer it would have taken, uh, at least a couple more years before I got to college. And then I would have been kind of behind on uh, yeah on playing skills. But anyway, so let me ask you something, man. <laughs> what do you <laughs> guess the chords in this song? Um, F flat don't minor. Overthink. Don't uh, ever think this, man. <laughs> uh, E sharp, sustained nine. Oh, you're no, you're not. You're not overthinking it. You're being an. <laughs> <laughs>
Dol. Yeah. <laughs> uh, GDE minor C. Yeah, basically. So oh, K boat. <laughs> so, well, no, no. Uh, so the song, the song, init- when it first starts, the song is in the key of F. It's F C D minor B flat, which is a one five six four uh, chord structure. But then that key change, my friend, that's where the G D E mm. minor C hits, which is what your boy was playing circa two thousand one. Yeah, this this was. Um, I didn't play the key change back in the day. Honestly, I just, I don't know if I didn't feel like I could handle a key change yet or what, but uh, yeah, I, we just played it G, D, E minor, C, old, old faithful. And that, that's what, that's what we played. But I just thought that was funny because if I asked you to guess the chords, I knew you would immediately go to that, <laughs> but you were just being the smart ass too. Yeah. So, which is it's, par for the course. It's, yeah, it's me. So I want to do something. We we usually talk about these songs like this, but not as explicitly. I just want to go line by line. I mean, look, there's yeah, <laughs> there's, it'll take us a, there's just only a, couple, a handful of, a of couple of minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first line: uh, Jesus, lover of my soul. Okay. Instant fluff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I like do you it. See, I do think you see your beauty. soul as separate? from you like your soul is what you think is going to heaven but not yeah you don't (laughs) i i I think there is some beauty in in the belief that that jesus loves you at your most elemental level i guess Uh, i'm not sure that that's what they were going for here elemental literally means like the physical aspects like the elements that make up your body and you like i know that's not yeah i think that's not what you meant but yeah Right, right. Jesus, I will never let you go. Um, can, we'll come back to that line. You'll you'll see why in a second. You've taken me from the miry clay. What a phrase, miry clay. Mire meaning like mud, bog, swampy. You know, dirty. Right. Yeah. Now this part of this or, or this line is taken from or the next two lines i guess are taken from uh psalm chapter 40 verse 2 miry clay i really like that phrase i think it's just it stands out so much here because there's not really much else yeah. in uh in this song he drew me from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog this is english standard version which i think miry bog sounds pretty metal mm-hmm. and set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. So that, that kind of bleeds into the next line. Uh, it's taken me from the miry clay, set my feet upon the rock. And now I know, which know what? Yeah, <laughs> I exactly. Uh, I mean, it doesn't quite make ma- Yeah. It seems uh, similar to the, the biblical translation, but again, it's empty. It doesn't really say what it's talking about. Why not put the the last part of that verse in there, making my steps secure, or or rewording it where it's still very clearly from the text, but like, it, uh, it fits your rhyme my scheme steps or whatever. Are sure, it's kind of a half rhyme, but set my feet upon yeah, the rock, yeah. and my steps are sure. And the rhyme scheme in this song is so wonky. I don't think that it would have mattered if they had rhymed that. That uh, it sounds that like it was written in ten anyway. minutes. Like that, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, that's no, my. There's I no, think that's I, my ultimate critique. And and this was written. Okay, 
There's there's actually not a lot of information on this song out there. If you search Jesus Lover of My Soul, you get uh mostly what you get is a hymn of the same name written by Charles Wesley. Uh, you don't get a whole lot about this song. I found some information about some background information about this song, but honestly, most of it, most of what you, you're going to get in your search results are going to be about the hymn of the same name, which spoiler alert, the hymn is way better. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, and definitely check that out if y'all want to. I, I'll put a link in the show notes. So set my feet upon the rock and now what? Um, I love you. I need you again. Fluff, man. This song is a veritable fluff factory. I mean, (laughs) the, my pillow guy called and needs some of his uh, fluff back. (laughs) Well, I think these two lines here would be a a great Jesus or Jessica. If we didn't already do this song, I love you. I need you though. My world may fall. I'll never let you go. (laughs) Okay. So, so there we go. He repeats the, the line. I'll never let you go. He says, Jesus, I will never let you go in the first verse or in the, in the only verse in, in the chorus. He says, though my world may fall, I'll never let you go. Like, okay. There were three songwriters credited on this song. Y'all couldn't come up with another line I'll never let you go twice in a song that has eight lines. Literally. I just don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't get how this is. First of all, I don't think that this aspect of I'll never let you go is very realistic. Uh, yes. Uh, Outside of, (laughs) outside of how, outside of how biblical it is, which I don't even think is very biblical. Um, just based on the characters in the Bible, they kind of do, uh, you know, forsake God quite a bit. God will never leave you nor forsake you, right? This is, uh, this is that biblical sense. But this is also what sets so many people up for crises of faith. We say we'll always have faith. We'll always be true. Our beliefs will never waver. And that's just not true. I, when you delude yourself, into thinking that as I did for so long, right? I'm always going to be a good Christian. I'm always going to be on fire. That's really a form of hypocrisy. And it's like a, a, a cycle of hypocrisy and, and you're, you're constantly living in it, not because you're doing anything wrong. Like you're, you're not doing anything wrong, but you're setting yourself up for these failures mm-hmm. that and eventually that failure, those repeated failures can lead to despair. And I know yeah, it, it it's did a pattern me. of thought. Right. And and when you keep getting let down or letting yourself down, uh, I don't I don't think you're letting God down by stumbling and having questions and and uh, being tested or, or whatever you want to call it. But it's just it's unnecessary if you're going to say something like, I'll never let you go, you need to say, oh, I promise to try to never let you go yeah. or something. Well, you know, the, the name Israel means wrestles with God. So right. there is a struggle there. And this I'll never let you go does imply, oh, there's never any question. There's never any struggle. But no, to be a child of God, it is a struggle because you live in right. this world and you're experiencing this world and all the things that happen in it but you're also saying that God is in control and God knows every hair on mm-hmm. your head and yeah so there's an inherent conflict there <laughs> and to say I'll never let you go is yeah hypocritical and naive and 
very revealing of like a new Christian. Yeah, well, I mean, this song was clearly written <laughs> for young, immature Christians. I, I mean, there's just no substance here. There's nothing here. We, we talk about call to action. We talk about meditative qualities, all, all of these things in songs where it doesn't always have to be uh, moving you towards uh, something. It can be a, a way to, to stop and like, like uh, you know, the David Crowder song, uh, Did Not Move. And this song just doesn't have anything, though. There's I don't find it a meditative quality about it. Now, let's get through <laughs> Let's get through the last couple of lines. Yeah, here, my my please. savior, my closest friend. That's okay. Yeah. So your closest so, friend is someone that you don't know. <laughs> you you well, don't you've never well, met. Uh, I I the only defense I have of this line, my closest friend, is this is probably in reference to the idea of Jesus. This, this language uh, of Jesus being your personal Lord and Savior, right? The personal being the operative word there, right? The, the, that language was, it became ubiquitous during the evangelical resurgence in the 80s and 90s of you, you're accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And, and personal was always so uh, kind of nailed down. And which I get, I get, but it's like, man, my closest friend, I like, well, I don't think you can really talk about a cosmic being in friendship terms. I, well, I, don't I mean, know. the, the it, whole it just, term religion is about, you know, uh, the the religion part of religion is the same as the the Latin. Well, I'm not going to say Latin root because I don't know, but it's the same root as uh, ligament, as in to connect so religion is to mm. reconnect and that reconnection is with in my opinion is the unknown you know you're trying to reconcile your existence with the unknown whether you think that that's god the universe anything that science can't explain so you're trying to connect with the unknown and recognizing your limitations uh and, and your understanding mm. and to say that it, my closest friend uh no, I would say it should be my greatest mentor, not and you're not necessarily friends with your mentor. I guess you can be, but when when I this line, my savior, my closest friend, the image that it brought up in my brain was like I'm drowning uh, at the beach and the lifeguard comes <laughs> up to me, pulls me out of the water. Sorry, I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> no. Okay, the, so picture this. I'm the, almost dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy that's all muscular and fit, probably blonde hair, pulls me out of mm. the out of the water and I'm choking. Is he glistening? I'm cho- yeah, obviously. He just came out of the water. <laughs> and, and I'm choking, coughing up water and then I look up at him and like... You're my best friend. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. Like I, I don't know. Like it, it's just it's a little weird. Someone who saves you, and you're just like it, it is. It is. It is weird. It's, Give me them the cheeks. language is. It, there's a creep factor. There's a creep factor here, yeah. man. It, it. Listen, I'm gonna bleep this out, dude. But I just, I just thought of like I'm gonna rewrite this as like a sexual love song, and it's gonna be called <laughs> Jesus of my you know oh my like 
Don't you dare bleep that out, because my reaction won't be good if they don't know what you just said. Because <laughs> it's it's just okay. And then let's let's finish it off. Of my man. Whole, uh, lover of my. Uh, let's just get them all out of the way. Uh, I, think I said lover of my. Yeah, and I said yeah. lover of my. Lover of my. <laughs> I'm gonna think of another one in a little bit at the next segment and just Top blurt it out. Of my. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, we have to bleep that one out. <laughs> uh, let's let's finish off this last line. I will worship you until the very end, which is weird that you put like a time frame on it. Uh, this there's not even a a look. There's not even anything like looking forward to the hereafter. I'll worship you for all eternity or something like that. Oh, I never Uh, thought about that. Yeah. You think heaven uh, is an eternity end. And yeah, you're putting a period on like literally putting a period on this sentence. I mean, heaven, heaven is supposed to be a, you know, a place of eternal worship. I mean, that's basically your being becomes, you know, you're, you're singing God's praises uh, for all eternity, whether that's literal or just kind of like a, a heart thing. But anyway, yeah, it, look, this song is so saccharine and it's so fluffy and it, and it really does fit into that, you know, 90s to early aughts. Jesus is my boyfriend mentality. Yeah. And there's a creep factor here. It, it doesn't go too far, but it it almost does. Just in terms of Well, yeah, of just, that, we, we just changed a couple of words and it made it very sexual. So, <laughs> Right. And and look, I, I will always love the song for what it did for me. And it will always hold an endearing place in my heart. I, I, I'm never going to like swear the song off. Now, am I going to go actively try to listen to it? No, but it's, it, it does make me happy because of what it did the for memories me as a, came along with it, as yeah. a musician and eventually as a songwriter to, to have the confidence to, to get out there. So there's a nostalgia factor for me, but look, I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from, from, from talking about this song the way that it deserves. So anything else, man? Uh, no, it would just be more bashing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we've already covered all of that. So, all right. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we do a minor divine. Uh, I have one. We could do both. You have one too. Okay. So. All right. So that's it for Jesus lover, my soul. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're actually going to play Jesus or Jessica and mine or divine lucky you (laughs) all right cj so we're going to move on to our game show segment and Mm -hmm. uh each week or every other week or really whenever we feel like it one of us will bring (laughs) one of us will bring a uh a mini game to the other this week we're going to do both of our mini games, but CJ, I'm I'm going to put it on you first to do our segment called Jesus or Jessica. All right, so Jesus or Jessica for those of you who might not know, uh, each week or every other <laughs> I don't know why I'm every other week or whenever again. we feel like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll bring Luke 
a lyric from either a Christian praise and worship song or a secular love song. And he has to try to figure out if the songwriter is talking about Jesus or Jessica. So here are your lyrics for this week, Luke. Now and then it seems that life is just too much, but you've got the love I need to see me through. That's it. That's it. I feel like you ask that every time. Well, yeah, because... <laughs> wow. Um, one, one more time, please. Now and then it seems that life is just too much, but you've got the love I need to see me through. I'm going to go with my gut again because it worked out so well last time. Uh, I'm going to say Jessica. Freddie says Jessica, too, because that's the correct answer. Jessica, oh, yes. my goodness. Am I still undefeated? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're still undefeated. This is uh this oh, this is from man. the song This is from the song You've Got the Love by Florence and the Machine. I see if I've heard that song, I don't recognize it. I don't know it. I just Yeah, it's it's not it's not one of her bigger songs, but it, I, it's a it's a pretty song. And it it was a struggle. Like I it could have just as easily been a praise and worship song. I I just I just go with my gut. My gut's smarter than my brain. Day. Yeah. Uh, so, CJ, mm-hmm. I've got a game for you. I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This one, this is a good one. Well, maybe I'm tooting my own horn. Well, never mind. Don't. I forget I said it. Toot, toot. Uh, so, we're going into Mine or Divine. Do, 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 do. Bam. Uh. So, Minor Divine is a segment where I quiz CJ and get him to guess if this is a church sign that I have seen, whether in person or online, or if it is just a phrase that I made up to try to trick him. So, Mm. CJ, this church sign reads, Easter comes but once a year. How often do you? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I just, okay, I already know what my answer is going to be, but I'm just talking through this. You would make this sign. This would be, this would, (laughs) this would be you got a hold of the, of the letters at your church and decided (laughs) to put this up there. And then shame on the church that did this because this has got to be real. So I'm going to say it's divine. Yeah. Ding 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 ding! Yeah, you got right. Horn. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. I got one right, or have I gotten one right before? I can't remember. Um, the episodes are running I, together. Yeah, I think we've only done it twice before, and you got it wrong both of those times. And I think oh, did I get it right first. both times? Okay, well, that's you got it fine. wrong both times. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever I said, yeah, wrong yeah. both times. Oh man, um, there, there's a lot of pressure with that, especially because I'm trying to build a record that's going to be decent because I'm eventually I'll get you in terms of like making you miss one, but it's just not, don't look at me like that. Hey, this is a, <laughs> this is not a visual. I thought you meant when I'll, I'll, I thought we said, I'll get you. I thought you meant you'll get one of my minor divines, right? Uh, that's why. I no, that that's one. not what you meant. Whatever. So yeah, I, I love those games. I hope, uh, I hope the listeners like those too. And if you've been listening since, our first episode, then you've already heard a handful of these. So we'll keep them coming. There's plenty of content out there for both. We just have to uh, dig a little deeper and uh, 
you know, come come more than once a year. Okay. Um <laughs> Next up is our secular song of the week. Since I brought the praise and worship song, Luke gets to bring the secular song. So, Luke, what song did you pick for us this week, man? Well, uh, I'm gonna going to immediately bring down the energy of <laughs> of this episode. Oh man, uh, the, <laughs> I know. Uh, we we can be lighthearted about it. So, the song that I picked is "Good Things" by. Uh, revival sons or the revival sons huh i don't i think it's just no it's just rival sons good things right rival sons rival sons okay very cool all righty well we're gonna give the song a listen again you're either gonna hear that 30 second song clip for the spotify free users or the full song clip if you're a premium user but as always there's gonna be links in the show notes so you can click on those those will take you to youtube You can listen to the song there as well if you prefer to do that. At any rate, we're going to listen to this song, and we'll meet you right back here in just a few. All right, so we just listened to uh, Good Things by Rival Sons. So, CJ, what what are your thoughts on this song? Well, when you you had me worried when you said, like, you're going to bring things down... And the song is definitely weighty, but it it feels the music feels so groovy mm-hmm. and just right up your alley, really. Like this, you choosing this song does not surprise me at all. <laughs> you know, based on your music taste and and how much I know about your music taste. So, but I I loved it uh, right before we press play. I said I don't know if I've really listened to this band, and and Luke said. I think you'll like it, and and I did. I they're, really did. I'm definitely really going to listen to them. Yeah, like yeah, like you said, I, I thought it was. Yeah, they're right up my alley, and I for some reason I have a thing, and I don't realize it until I really look into the songs. But there's <laughs> something about upbeat, fun, funky, groovy songs with really sad and dark lyrics. I, t- <laughs> I don't I don't typically pay attention to, to the lyrics. For, for most songs, I tend to like how the song makes me feel. And then the songs that make me feel fun and groovy are the songs that have the darkest lyrics. And I, I don't know why that's the case, but I, I do find it interesting that I'm, I'm noticing that pattern. Yeah, kind of like Mbop. Like, that's a really sad <laughs> song, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Oof. It really yeah, is actually pretty dark. They're teenage we, we might... existential crises, yeah. We might need to do that on the podcast sometime. I'm um, sure we will. I, I really, I really like this song. I like the message. Yeah. This aspect of good things will happen, bad things will happen too. I mean, that on the surface seems so obvious. Enjoy it but, right now. Yeah. Right. Enjoy it right now because you never know when it's going to end. And what's funny is I had just read a chapter in James. Uh, a couple of days ago and it, it was kind of related to to my praise and worship song this week kind of not i was just kind of thumbing around the bible and 
and came across uh, James chapter four, and I just started reading it. And it's so it's such an interesting book. And in it, the author says, uh, James chapter four, verse 14, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. (laughs) What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. I just, I love that. And I don't even really want to bring the Bible into this discussion. I just like how stuff like that just kind of falls into my lap sometimes. Like you picking this song. We didn't plan that. Yeah. I, it just, it was, it was something that happened and makes me appreciate the, the epistle of James a little bit more. And, makes me really like this band too because like i said i i love bands that can pull that off like you were saying this really fun sound in the music with dark kind of almost dreadful lyrics yeah they just do a really good job of that and i I love stuff like that this song really gives me a lot of fun late 60s early 70s Mm. Vibe with that keyboard organ, that keyboard yeah. organ uh, in the background there. Keyboard, Man, it's it's just it's just so good. the The music is really satisfying, and then when you start looking at the lyrics, it's just so dark. So this is something that you know we've we've kind of talked about previously together. It's just. Something, something that and I guess this goes back a bit to how how's my walk, but man, I can't seem to stop thinking about death and not existing anymore. And when I think about it too much, it it really brings on like legitimate panic attacks, <laughs> and mm. I'm laughing out of uncomfortability. It, right. So, have you ever seen the movie Hook with Robin Williams? As yeah, of course. <laughs> so. Spoiler alert. Jesus. I think that movie came out in like, what, 92 or 93. So I was like younger than 10 for sure when he talks about, oh, I I never wanted to grow grow up because I knew that everyone who grew up had to die someday. And that's, you know, again, I'm like seven years old. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That's awful early for an existential crisis. I've never been able to shake that fear of one day I'm not going to exist. And so the the meditation of this song is enjoy it. (laughs) Enjoy it right now because you never know when it's going to end. Like I I keep thinking about with the idea that I know I'm going to die. I keep thinking about, oh, is it? you know, dementia that my brain gives out? Is it cancer? Is it an aneurysm? Is it a heart attack? Is I keep thinking of all the worst ways to die and it stresses me out. And I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I hate the feeling that I get when I think about it. And so mm-hmm. I keep trying to think of ways to just be in the moment, enjoy what's happening now. And, and it's, it's, I don't even want to say it's getting easier. It, it, it's it's something that I'm able to think about more. Is is just like well, you, it, this is obviously just stressing you out. And and the the best way to deal with it to me it seems is to just distract myself, which is why I I have so many hobbies because at least I'm doing something that brings me joy in the moment. And as much as I can do that, that's that's time not given and energy not given into thinking about when I'm no longer going to exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is what I meant by bringing down the energy. It, it, it's very dark and, I, and I, I don't like this topic, but it's something that I feel like I need to talk about because it is 
a very big distraction in my life and it's why I do what I do. I think there's something to be said about how hard it is to quote unquote live in the moment. Yeah. People pass it off as being easy and and I'm sure after a lot of practice and a lot of uh, intense meditation and discipline and reading literature on on these things, it, it becomes easier. But those types of things are not easy. It's it's so much easier to say and, and and look, I'm not I'm not bashing Christians here, but it's so much easier in some ways to say, well, when I die I'm going to heaven, so I you know, it's really not I'm going to try to be a good person while I'm here and do do the right things and do what I should do and and love my neighbor and all that good stuff, but I'm going to go to heaven, so no sweat off my back. And it, for for someone who maybe doesn't believe in the afterlife and thinks that, hey, once you die here, you're you're done. Like your energy yeah. is recycled in some way that that is kind of a, in a transrational uh, thing, maybe. But but when you die, you're you're gone. And yeah. the only thing that lives on is your memory. And, and I think it's I think it's normal to when you get to be our age, right? Mid 30s. I mean, hell, I'm I'm rounding to the late 30s uh, this year. I'll be 37. It's totally natural to start to think about these things. Like I think about it all the time of not necessarily of dying in and of itself, but what are people going to remember about me? Because I've had we've I've had acquaintances and stuff pass away over the last few years and like uh, uh, some untimely deaths and, and some very tragic, unfortunate deaths. But it's it always seems like when when someone passes away and they were not like a great person uh, historically, at least as I knew them to be, it's like they instantly become an angel mm-hmm. and. It's like no, I don't. I don't want that kind of fake. Oh, CJ was such a good person. I want people to really think that about me. Now, do I spend all my time trying to perform lip service and and please everyone and and want everyone to like me? No, I think that that energy can be used in so many other places for the people that really matter. But it's something that I think about all the time. What 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 when I die? What's going to be said about me? And I, I think it's kind of ironic that <laughs> I don't know if I believe in an afterlife. And I spent so much time when I was deconstructing kind of thinking that people that believed in an afterlife were silly. And now it's almost the same kind of anxiety of it's like the reverse anxiety <laughs> of believing there's an afterlife. And so. You don't really have to worry about anything to the opposite of, but if there's not an afterlife, if there is nothing beyond this life, how am I going to be remembered? And how how long yeah. is my memory and my legacy going to continue on? I just think those are normal things to think. Does it make it any less difficult to process and deal with? No, I just think it 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 helps me to remember that at my age, those are just things that you start to really reflect on. And that's why you see a lot of angry, kind of bitter, 
old people, elderly people, is because they've spent all this time doing things that they don't like, being in a job that they hated, um, being in a relationship that they that they weren't happy or fulfilled in, or whatever the case, like fill in the blank. They didn't they didn't do this thing that they love to do, this hobby enough because they were too wrapped up in all these other uh, menial uh, tasks. That's why so many people are bitter at the end of life is because they didn't live. And so I'm talking a lot and I'm sorry uh, on no, your that's song. that's okay, but, man. I, <laughs> but I, that's, I really... that's why that end of life people a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times are just grumpy old men. They're just because they yeah. haven't lived. They haven't lived. Yeah, they felt restricted. And, and I kind of feel like that too, restricted by my upbringing restricted by my own thoughts and, and waiting for permission to do things. And yeah, like I think all the time, like, Oh, I should have, I should have taken wood shop in high school because I, that's, I, I love to do that. And if I could have, if, if I could have been doing that for the past 20 years, like how, where would I be now in mm, that skill? Mm. But as the song says, enjoy it right now. Like, well, I, even in my, <laughs> nearly middle age i've decided to stop asking for permission and do the things that i want to do and i do really enjoy it and and i don't know what that means as far as a legacy but maybe that's why i chose pottery because you know uh fired clay lasts can potentially last for thousands of years mm-hmm. you know I, i've been to museums where they've had eight thousand year old pottery but then the other side of that pendulum is, you know, the heat death of the universe. <laughs> you know, eventually everything's <laughs> going to burn out and not matter anymore. And that I kind of hate that. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, we still got a few million years, uh, apparently. I don't a know. Billion, that's what the billions. That's what uh, they say. And I just I want to I want to I want to be there to see all of the advancement of technology that humans have created. And it's just. <sighs> Yeah, I just don't. Oh, you like... mean like flying cars? Eh, I want yeah, my I flying so. car. Yeah, in the year two thousand, uh, or even beyond that, just the colonization of other planets, if that's ever possible. Hyperspace travel. I, uh, I just, I get, I get bummed about all the things that I'm, I know that humans are capable of that we just haven't gotten to yet. And as much as I complain about things that happen in my life, I, I still want to be around for all of it. I've only ever known existence, so the idea of non-existence kind of freaks me out. But whenever I start to freak out about that whole idea, just reminding myself to do whatever it takes to enjoy it as it happens mm-hmm. is kind of the only thing that I can do <laughs> because it's coming. It's going to happen. So every moment, it's kind of wasted energy to to, to, stress, to stress out about it and to be scared of it and to not want it to happen and to think about it all the time. So yeah, just find something that helps me enjoy the moment. It's, it's a distraction for sure. But for me, it's the only thing that works is to distract myself from that idea, but to distract myself, not with heroin or, (laughs) you know, cause, cause yeah, I can enjoy every moment if I was, you know, on hard drugs. Oh man, I starting to sound like a PSA in the 90s i don't want that to (laughs) (laughs) but but no to find something that fulfills me and distracts me from the inevitable is the only thing that really seems to work Mm -hmm. Uh, 
to, 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 you know, to keep me from having those panic attacks feeling very vulnerable. (laughs) One of my, one of my favorite movies and equally depressing as this song, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah. Mind. I knew you were, uh, were going to say toward, toward the end of the movie, he's erasing his love interest from his memory. Spoiler And alert. her avatar in, in his memories is saying, well, it's all going to be over soon. So wh- what do we do? And they just say, enjoy it. You know, it, it's the, the realization that... Everything is going to be wiped away and uh, maybe they meet up again. Maybe they don't. But I don't know. That movie has always really resonated with me because of this idea of if you knew how it was going to end, which in this movie, he knows that this is the end because this is the the, it works in reverse, the memory erasing. And this is the first time they met. So he knows that this is the last memory he has. And it's like, if you know when it's going to end, whatever it is, uh, memory, relationship, life, how would it change things? What would you do differently? Would you still put yourself out there and step up to the plate and be present? Or would you be more reserved? If you knew the day, the day and time, which we obviously don't know that, would it change things? If you knew when you were going to die would would it change anything and and i guess my answer would be in a perfect scenario in the in the eyes of someone that really has it all together no it wouldn't change anything because you you know that it's coming eventually anyway you just don't know when just like the song says you don't know when it's gonna happen but yeah i'd it shouldn't change anything. Uh, See, to I, know think it, I think if it it's would change because no, I do too. I'm saying it yeah. shouldn't, you know. But well, yeah, but that's that's the the difference between an enlightened person and a non-enlightened person. And by that, I don't I don't mean a stupid or dumb person versus a smart person. I just mean someone right. who right. realizes their humanity, realizes their consciousness and existence, and. Yeah, I, I think it's why I've gotten into so many hobbies these these last few years is because I was tired of playing video games in all my free time. <laughs> I still love video games, but it's a form of entertainment, not a, for me at least, I know people can make money off of it, but for me it's not something that is going to represent my life. I, w- I would rather, again, for me personally, have my life remembered as somebody who creates things. Mm-hmm whatever the media is yeah i I just i want i want to make things and whether that's that resonates with other people or not i'm not saying that i'm better for wanting that or whatever i just that's that's what i want to do with my time whether it's good or bad it's it's at least that distraction it's at least that target for me to be able to live in the moment and not Mm. think about all of the bad things that can happen in life. Mm. I'm rambling again. <laughs> and I, t- I tried doing research on this song and I could not, you know, genius didn't have anything and I couldn't find any commentary on any of the stories that he's talking about in the song. So I don't know if that's just purely a songwriting thing or if it's stories from his personal life or I, I just couldn't find anything about hmm. what he's trying to talk about in the song, but it still can resonate. It still works about, 
Yeah. There's something that bad that seems to be happening, but it actually ends up working out. And there's something that's working out that then falls apart and doesn't work anymore. And so it's that, again, it's good things and bad things. Um, And it's what do you do then? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it matters if the stories are true or not. They're, they're written, mm-hmm. the verses are written so succinctly. I mean, you're talking four line verses, A, B, A, B, rhyme scheme. It, it just oh, yeah. kind of p- puts a little, puts a little quick thing out there. And it's just a way to, it, it's a delivery mechanism for the chorus. I, mm-hmm. I mean, the chorus is really where the, where the meaning you, of the song is. The, yeah, I mean that's that's where the listener's ears are going to perk and say, "Oh, yeah, I should enjoy the time here." Yeah, and you mentioned rhyme scheme, but as we were listening to it, I thought that they were pretty much throwing the rhyme scheme out the window. It <laughs> the the words don't really rhyme, but the meter matches up and the meter flows really well. The the ends of the lines don't really rhyme that often. Well, so you've got uh below 545 explode and then that night so so near rhymes there they're not perfect rhymes but but it yeah you would that would just be like an a b a b loosely just because they're not exact rhymes but we you know close enough good things will happen the the chorus it doesn't rhyme i mean it just the way that it's structured it it doesn't need to uh 19 in the second verse 19 home dream own so again it's a staggered rhyme scheme every other line i guess you would consider that c d c d since it doesn't rhyme with the a yeah but i don't think that as a as a casual listener that you notice that until you're like trying to dive into the song it's it's it, not yeah the the rhyme the, scheme the is just not works no so yeah it's, it's not it's not important yeah uh, my, some of my favorite songs, whether it, 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 it's by other artists or by myself, like the songs where I don't rhyme are some of my favorite because I had so much freedom. I didn't care about rhyme scheme. I wasn't worried about trying to fit something, a word into an idea that I had. So not rhyming is so fun. And then on the yeah. flip side of that, when you can rhyme and actually have a rhyme scheme like they do in the verses, but people not pick up on it or not care about it. Like that's where it's, it's not immediately obvious that it's being rhymed that way because of the deliver the way that it's being delivered. That's, that takes talent. And that's, yeah. that's really actually a, a sign of good songwriting when you can not really pay attention to the rhyme scheme. And maybe that's just cause I, write songs i don't know but i love not even really paying attention to rhyme scheme i think that's a lot of fun yeah this band is just you know this song is pretty indicative of their style but you know they they do they have a bunch of albums so i definitely recommend listening to them they're a really fun band man i'm going to now uh you you definitely piqued my interest with this song this song uh good things it lives in a minor basically i mean it's the song Man, is in, is in a minor my key songs are in a minor i keep finding out <laughs> <laughs> yeah a minor e a minor it just kind of uh oscillates back and forth between a minor and then e major on the on the verses 
uh, the choruses uh, switch it up a little bit. It, it just goes uh, C, D, A minor, which is just such a classic chord progression. But it, it but it works on so many levels because it sound it can it can sound sad with the with the right vocal melody over the top of it, but it actually doesn't sound all that sad. To, yeah. You know, if you sing it in the right way, which they sing it in just the perfect way where the, the music doesn't the kind of what's the word I'm looking for? The the bleakness of the lyrics don't overtake the vocal melody and they yeah. don't well, they don't yeah. weigh it down into this really dark and kind of depressed um, sound like the lyrics are the lyrics not not that the lyrics are totally depressive i i think that the chorus it it actually is a great message and not yeah. depressing at all but well and then you kind of the, get that the, in the, the verses most energetic the most energetic that the song gets is whenever he's saying enjoy it right now everything else is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty mellow but he almost shouts enjoy it right now as you know that call to action that we've talked about yeah yeah, that's the and, best place to put it. And Jesus, so yeah, it, <laughs> butter up my rolls. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it, it's that contrast of that that's a positive the, <laughs> the the positive call to action and the depressing lyrics. <laughs> it's a, it's I, I really like this song because it, it speaks to me personally where I'm at in my in my walk. So I don't really have anything else to say about this song. I don't, do you have any final thoughts, CJ? No, not specifically. I would just say, look, if you're listening to this and you're nodding your head along with us when we talk about this existential dread that kind of creeps Great in review. in your thirties, <laughs> like and yeah, subscribe. Please. Please rate and review, like and subscribe. Sorry, I cut you Ask off. Ask Jesus to, to butter up your rolls. And this that that's a call to action. Like Luke said, just try to try to enjoy it while you can because it is gonna be gone. And and that can be sad and depressing to think about. And sometimes it's hard to get out of that cycle of thinking about these things. I mean, I, I think Luke has really done a good job of of talking about that from a representative standpoint but you still have to try to carry on and enjoy it while it's here because while you're thinking about how things are going to be when you're gone time is elapsing time is moving forward and so you have to try to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and do that and I know that's easier said than done but uh, my voice cracked, mm. and that's where the episode ends. <laughs> we uh, we really love you guys, and thank you all so much for listening. Please, 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 if you want to get in touch with us, we have an email, praiseandbroshippodcast at gmail.com. It's also in the show notes if you look in there, and we would love to hear from you. Please remember... You can rate our podcast on Spotify. There is a star rating. You can't leave like any text or or anything with your review. But if you would like to send us some text from a review, you can just send that to the email. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Luke, you got anything else to add, brother? Uh, No. That was anticlimactic. Cool. But... <laughs> 
And so we really, really appreciate y'all for listening because at this point in podcast land, we've had what a handful of episodes now. And if you're still listening, if you've been with us from the beginning, or if you're just tuning in and trying to check it out, hopefully you've enjoyed your time with us or you're still enjoying your time with us and you'll stick around for a little bit longer. We really love you guys. Appreciate you. We want to hear from you all. One of these days, we'll probably start a social media presence, but I don't really have the energy for it. (laughs) And I know Luke (laughs) doesn't either. So (laughs) we just talked about enjoying the good times. Okay. We can't be on social media all the time, but uh, yeah, we would love to hear from y'all. Email us, reach out however you can. And until next time, always remember to love your neighbor as yourself. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, I'll say it again and clap.